0: Thought Bubble Audio. Hi and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we're taking a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim and with me, as always, is my man for some of the seasons, Palmer. How are you today? I am good. You're right. Summer, I'm not here. for winter. You're not here for summer. No. I know you hate the heat. You know, but you know the dead of winter, you're here yeah, for that. I'm, I'm here. You are here for that. Okay, great. Everyone, guess what? We have our first guest star. This has never happened to us before. Here on Academy Rewind, Scott is from the Suicide Squad cast, and he is making a pit stop over here to talk 1967 best picture
1: nominations. How are you today, Scott? I'm doing just fine. It only took me two seasons of bothering you guys to get on this show. It's amazing what persistence does.
0: I know. But, now, but now that you've had to watch five films in a very short amount of time, how do you feel about being on this show?
1: <laughs> See, this is the joke. This is, this is what I do all the time. So it's like, yay. You oh. know, I, I very strategically picked uh, – w- when you said here are the sevens, I was very strategic about what year I picked. I, I, did, I, I had thought behind the year that would make this as smooth as possible.
2: Yeah, next time we're picking.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at 1936 and get back to me. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> it's literally every movie that came out that year. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're here to talk 1967 Best Picture nomination. Scott, thanks for joining us. The nominations are as follows. The Sand Pebbles. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? A Man for All Seasons, Alfie, and The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. Palmer, what do you think won Best Picture? Who's Afraid of a Junior Wolf? That is incorrect. I'm leaving. Okay, Scott, do you know what won? Yes, I do. Uh, Can you tell us, please?
1: A Man for All Seasons.
0: A Man for All Seasons won Best Picture. And so we're going to save that one for the end. Oh, yay. (laughs) As you can tell, Palmer really liked it. it. (laughs) Yes. All right, so let's talk The Sand Pebbles first. Directed by Robert Wise, written by Robert Anderson, based on the book by Richard McKenna. It stars Steve McQueen, Richard Attenborough, Richard Crenna, Candice Bergen, and Mako. It is nominated for quite a few things. nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Mako, Cinematography, Art Direction, Sound, Editing, and Music by Jerry Goldsmith, which I thought was really fun and cool, and it won none of those things. No, nope. it won none of those things. So, Scott, since you're new with us today, what do you think this movie was about?
1: I'm going to start off with a very Palmer line. This was a movie that I watched. Um, <laughs> I have to be honest, of all the movies this year, this was the one movie I had never heard of in my life.
2: Oh, see, I had heard of it, but I'd I, never watched it.
1: I had never heard of it. I looked at it and was like, "Oh, Steve McQueen's in it." Okay. <laughs> and that and that that falsely got my hopes up. And then I saw the movie and I was just like, "Oh, I I I thought this was going to go differently." Um, I have to admit that when it started with an overture, I thought something was wrong with my digital download <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> because it doesn't I'm,
0: actually say overture. It, it doesn't actually say overture, and it just, it's a bl- and it's a blank screen. Right? I yes. thought something was wrong with mine too. I was like, after what? about thirty,
2: after about five seconds, I'm like, oh, it's an overture. Skip, skip,
1: skip.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, but the it was same. Jerry. It was Jerry Goldsmith. It was good, but skipping. It, the
1: movie's like three and a half hours long. <laughs> it's it's three hours. On, it's almost three hours on the dot. But I skipped it too, only because I was like, I, I, I'm fitting this in during my two year old's nap. I don't have – as much as I would love to listen, I can do it later when I'm not on a clock. So I so I skipped it, too. I'm, I'm with you, Palmer.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I was a good movie watcher and watched it and then proceeded to days out for the rest of the movie. Good job. Thank you. Because, because good job. <laughs> because it wasn't that good. It so. was really well shot and it made Taiwan look nothing like Shanghai because I've been there. It didn't look anything like that. Even even in 1926 when this movie takes place, I'm pretty sure it didn't look
1: like that. What I didn't understand mm-hmm. was I felt like with the overture and the intermission and the entracte and the three-hour time length, it was like this movie thought it was more epic than it actually was. Yeah. It's like they, they shot it to be an epic, but then they didn't give me the content to be an epic.
2: But then forgot you know a story. Thank you. This, this yes. has this has like several stories that could be solved in one movie in an hour and a half. I think that that's most movies, right? But but, but like, people just talk to one another. Most movies are done. This one keeps going on because it doesn't really start one thing until it ends another. the The whole revolution is kind of in the background until they kind of resolve getting the girl
0: away from the whorehouse Mm -hmm. yep yeah i i definitely i it's definitely a slow plod if there ever was one yeah like at times i actually forgot what the story was okay i was kind of watching it and i was like what's supposed to be happening right now like why am i caring and then there's a nice boxing match and i was like this is fun but but why do i why do, it's not giving me a reason to care about anybody really f- for the most part yeah i can
2: I can see what you're saying um quick question Robert Weiss you said, directed this Robert Weiss yeah yep what is uh name a
0: very famous movie by this director um I knew this too cuz I looked it up and now I've forgotten. Scott helped me out, do you know?
1: I, I I don't because it's I was doing the same thing I was like I know this name. I just don't know why yeah, I know this name. We've
0: actually talked about one of his movies already. We have. Yeah, and Star Trek the Motion Picture. Star Trek the Motion Picture.
1: Oh my goodness. I it, uh, it, it suddenly that, it all it, makes sense now.
0: Now it explains why it's also motionless. <laughs> I've I got him crossed with the
2: with the director from Star Trek that did um what was it? Two, three, and six. Yep.
1: Oh, Mike Nichols. Yes. Who directed like, oh. another movie? We're Who
2: also tonight. did a movie? One yeah. of these movies. I was yep. like, oh, he, he, um, he did the Star Trek movie that I really love, and I was like, oh no, he did the first one,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the um. one that no one loves. <laughs> yeah, but see, but Robert Weiss, to give him credit, he also directed West Side Story and The Sound of Music. Which are those movies. Yeah, love those you movies. weren't supposed to remember Sound of Music. It's part of my fun facts. Oh, okay. Well, Palmer, some fun facts about this movie.
2: <laughs> fun facts about this movie. One, Emmanuel Arson, who plays Melee is the very Emmanuel who inspired the book and film Emmanuel as well as the subsequent Emmanuel films. Have you seen any of those?
0: No because they're adult films. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that makes oh, sense. Oh yeah, oh no.
1: yeah, you didn't know that? Okay. No. Think it <laughs> well, says something about us Palmer. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. You
2: used to work at Blockbuster. We carried all of them.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> they were in the back CD yeah. section. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they were in the drama section, I think. <laughs> they were.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. The average uh, shot length is five seconds. Oh, that explains a lot. Because the average shot length now is like a couple seconds. Unless you're Boz Lerman, then it's like a half a second. Yeah, not even.
2: For years, producer and director Robert Wise had wanted to make The Sand Pebbles, but film studios were reluctant to finance it. 20th Century Fox eventually agreed to produce and distribute the film. But because its production required extensive location scouting and pre-production work, as well as being monsoon affected in Taipei, Weiss realized that it would be over a year before principal photography could begin. At the insistence of Fox, he agreed to direct a fill-in project, The Sound of Music, a film that became one of the most popular and acclaimed films of all time, winner of five Academy Awards. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So this is like his
0: passion project. And The and Sound the of sound music, music was like was a like, studio I'm, I'm, project. Yeah, I'm, I'm bored. That's a one for them, one for me. Yep. And his one for them is one of the most acclaimed <laughs> films <laughs> of all one. time. Wow, that's crazy. Maybe that's because – those... go ahead. Go ahead Scott. This is
1: one of those movies that I wonder, because of its slow pace, I wonder how it works as a book. Like, is there some internal monologue that maybe makes me care more? Like, do I he- do I hear what Holcomb is thinking? Like, I don't know if it's third person or first person, but I really felt like this is one of those stories that, since it's adapted from a novel, I was like, I'm really curious about the novel now because I'm wondering what I'm missing. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point because there are some, there are, like, if you're, I mean, we'll talk about when we get to who's afraid of Virginia Wolf, but if you yeah. were, say, adapting a Virginia Wolf story, um, it's so stream of conscious that it's hard, it's hard to make that into something to watch. Yeah, and so I wonder if I wonder if the sand pebbles is along those same lines.
2: It's weird because I'm definitely getting the sense like I like this movie more than both of you because mm-hmm. I I do like Steve McQueen in this. I really like Richard Attenborough
0: in his his crooked, lopsided mustache, yep, his crooked mustache. Did you notice that Scott? That his mustache was not
1: even on both sides. You know, my problem was I couldn't even – I saw Richard Attenborough in the credits, and I spent half the movie trying to figure out who he was in the movie. I had to – in the middle of the movie, I had to look him up and went, oh, he's Frenchie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like, but he
0: spared no expense. He said it. No,
1: he didn't say it.
2: No. <laughs> I started to wonder who it was, and then I saw his – and then, like, the, the wide eyes that he does. Oh, sure. I'm like, oh, that's, that's him. Uh, but I liked his story. Like, I liked the story of them trying to save the girl from – you know from her indentured servitude almost mm-hmm.
1: well yeah i would i would completely agree with that that was like the one story that i was like oh i wonder where this is going and then it just ended and i was like oh right okay. so i
2: i think if they if that was more of the central focus and you kind of wrapped up everything a little faster at the end this movie becomes better like if you chop 30 35 minutes i don't really need like the i don't really need the decision to to go out in a blaze of glory by the captain, mm. you know, because I yeah. don't, I don't think this is based on a true story. It just happens to be in a in a real time period. That's right. Yeah,
0: right. is what's known in the trade as historiographic metafiction. Ooh, Ooh. thank you, thank you for being here, Scott. You read that. <laughs> you're, your you're
1: welcome. I, I will say this, and I, I hate this because I love Steve McQueen. Like I've seen Bullet, Magnificent Seven. I... St- I still have to see Great Escape. I can't believe I haven't seen that yet. But was he doing something weird with... I know. Was he doing
0: something new?
1: No. Was he doing something weird with his mouth in this movie? No,
0: I think Steve McQueen just has a weird mouth. Yeah.
1: I I don't... Okay. I've never... Like, all the other Steve McQueen movies I've seen, I've never noticed it before. But this one, I... I don't know. It was distracting to me. I'll admit it. It's a weird thing to be distracted by. But... I was it's, distracted by McQueen in this movie. It's all right. I was distracted by Richard Attenborough's mustache. It was fine. <laughs> I know. I was
0: too busy folk looking on the mu- looking at the mustache <laughs> to notice if Steve McQueen was talking weird. I think he was kind of doing like a sailor thing, like he's like this is what sailors do. I'm like no, that that's not. That's not true. That's not what sailors do. No. And Palmer for the record, I did a project on historiographic metafiction in college. <laughs> that's why I know what it is. There you go. Nice. Can we move on from the sand pebbles? We can. Yes, please. talk about great. Okay. Why did we talk about that movie for so long? Because I actually sort of liked it. Good for you. The Academy didn't. No wins. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the next film, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Directed by Mike Nichols, written by Ernest Lehman. Uh, he was also the writer of the play to which the film is based on. No, the... uh,
1: Edward Albee was the writer of the play.
0: What? Yes. That's not what IMDb said. But you know what? I knew that didn't. It didn't sound right when I said it, so I'm glad that you're here. I want to write it in my notes. Edward Albee. All right. Well, that takes away my fun fact about three out of these movies being adapted, three of these movies being plays adapted by its own writer. But now it's just two of them. Oh, that's it. See if you can guess which the other one is. (laughs) (laughs) So um, starring Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, George Siegel, and Sandy Dennis. And that's it because it's just those four. Nope. Nope. And that one guy (laughs) at the diner. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I got you.
1: And the old lady that brings them drinks. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Who is the old man at the diner's real life? She was the hairdresser for Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. And he was a grip or something. On the on the film. Oh well,
0: that uh, save your fun facts for the fun that fact. That wasn't section. actually
2: in the fun fact, but since you were talking about them anyway.
0: Oh, okay, great, good <laughs> stuff. All right, this movie was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Richard Burton, Best Supporting Actor for George Segal, Director, Adapted Screenplay, Sound Editing, and Music. It won Best Actress for Elizabeth Taylor, Best Actr- uh, Supporting Actress. For Sandy Dennis, cinematography for black and white film, art direction for a black and white film and costumes for black and white film, which seems like they were like, oh, no, it's some films are in color and some are black and white. So I guess we have to come up with the same categories for the same thing. Although by this time, the majority of films were in color. Right. So why are they so why are they splitting them? I
1: don't know. Well, I think it's because there are different considerations you have to take. There's different considerations when something you know is going to be in black and white. Like you have to pick things out based on the fact that there will be no color in them. And how will that affect the shading when it's in black and whites and grays? Sure. That's what I always thought. Yeah.
0: Sure. That's that's absolutely true. But you're still doing your job? Yeah. But, I mean, if you give me a film
2: in Technicolor Mm -hmm. and a black and white film – and you're telling me like which like cinematography or production design I'm always going to pick the technicolor film,
0: I think, but that's just you though because the black but the black and white the black and white film the the contrast that you have to play with in terms of lighting and everything like that it can bring about a and sometimes a better image than something in Technicolor sometimes sometimes not all the time but sometimes but yeah. I think that's you know that's the deliberate choice of the director and the cinematographer. So, so what's this movie about anyway? So this movie is about a what would you call them a middle aged middle aged couple, a college professor and his wife, played by Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor, and their slow kind of dissension into relevatory hate. That is the best way that I'll describe it. So the a younger couple comes to call on them after a party they're kind of like having an after party with this young professor and his wife and they kind richard burton and elizabeth taylor kind of use that younger couple as a springboard to mount their own hatred for one another sound right gentlemen absolutely yeah yeah who had seen this before amongst all of you
1: i've owned the vhs for 20 years does that
0: I, mean that you've watched it though?
1: I have watched it many times. I saw this. I saw a production of the play at a college that ended up being my alma mater. Like I saw it when I was a high schooler. I went to the college. and I ended up going to the college a few oh, years later just because and, of that play. No, no, not that. Except for when the when the head professor was playing the was playing the George role. So, but I've owned I've owned this movie since high school. So I I'm spoilers I love this movie I really do
0: <laughs> Well I think you have absolutely right to love this movie I also love this movie I think it's a brilliant piece of, it's a brilliant piece of writing on top of some brilliant acting from yeah. from its main cast from all four of them but this is if this is a movie in which if you're not If you've heard the name Elizabeth Taylor and you're like, yeah, she was a great actress, you know, blah, blah, blah. I feel like Virginia Woolf is the movie that you need to hand them so you understand, like, no, she was a great actress. Yeah. Understand. Here is Virginia Woolf.
2: And the fact that she's she's almost unrecognizable.
0: I would say so. Because. She's in her early 30s in this movie. She is
2: in her early 30s, and she gained, like, 30 or 50 pounds to be able to play this role. Wow. And the makeup that they had to apply to her, that's one of the reasons why they chose to shoot in black and white. But, uh, like, aside from that, like, I've seen Elizabeth Taylor before. I've seen movies with her in it. Mm-hmm. And
0: I knew she was in this, and I couldn't recognize her. That's great. That – I – people talk about – people talk – oh, this is a weird – people talk about Meryl Streep as being, like, one of the greatest actresses ever. or actress, You know, like, she's unrecognizable to me. I always kind of see Meryl Streep. Yeah. I cannot – I'm with you. I cannot see Elizabeth Taylor. In this movie? In this movie. Yeah. yeah. And the movies, funny thing is yeah. is that
1: this is only – this movie, I mean, it came out in 66. Uh, so I'm going to assume it was filming in maybe 65. Like mm-hmm. uh, Burton and Taylor had only been married – actually officially married for like a year then before this movie was uh, was filmed So because they were actually married during the production yeah. of this movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I wonder what that did to their relationship. Spoiler, it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, it, it went on for at least a little bit after this movie.
2: And so, then it was
0: off
1: and then it was on again. So, oh, one
2: crazy. of the questions that I have, yeah. and uh, Scott, since you've been a lot more familiar with this movie, why, like the title, why? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I can answer
1: but I I'm said gonna Scott. Oh, sh- well, I, I was going to let Tim, because I've actually never. It's one of those plays that I've I I love watching it, but it's not like I actually spent the time to like dissect research, it. dissect. Well, I I dissect what's in the play. I I haven't done the outside research of like why did they change Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf into Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? That so was because
2: that was because they couldn't get the melody rights from Disney. <laughs> That's not true. No, that they wanted it was supposed to be a play on the Disney. Song Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf. They couldn't get the melody right. So that's why it's the melody of um, Here We Go Around the Mulberry Bush. Oh, okay. That was one of my fun facts.
0: Oh, that is a good fun fact. That is. Because right, here Tam. we go around the mulberry bush is not like a rememberable... Yeah, it is. Here we go Round the around the mulberry bush. bush. Oh, mulberry. sure. Jeez. I think I what is the I I think we used to sing different lyrics to that when I was yes, a kid. Yes, it's it's one that has different lyrics. But why is the title the way it is? So, here's my here's my reigning theory on what here's the title. So, I alluded in the last one. That, so has anybody ever read Virginia Woolf either of you? No. Scott? Uh
1: no, I haven't. I have uh, Mrs. Dalloway, but I haven't read it yet.
0: Okay. So, so Virginia Woolf is a very important and popular writer in early in 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 early twentieth century writing because she kind of introduced stream of consciousness writing, and so it's less about the plot and more about what the characters are kind of thinking and how those things kind of connect to one another to allow you to dissect those characters. If that all makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So like yes. one the one thing leads to the, next, leads to the next leads to the next leads to the next. So it's not really about. So my example is let's say it's let's say to the lighthouse, uh, and so the it, the the main plot of to the lighthouse is that this family is just going to the lighthouse like they always do, but but you really are learning about the sham that this family really is, and then you know like the hatred that the the wife and the husband or the like the maybe not hatred but kind of like the disillusionment dis disillusionment that the husband and wife had to- have towards one another and the bitterness and all these different all these different things kind of come into play but it's all kind of laid out as people just kind of think and one thing leaves another leaves another yeah. so this play who's afraid of virginia Woolf?, is kind of in that vein where if it 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 is just the steady unfolding like unconscious folding of the hatred of the two main characters. So and it just it, go ahead.
1: And it's also like I almost feel like the young couple represents like an, almost an insult to George and Martha about like oh so you think it's all going to be great now. And right. it's like oh oh let what's just it's like they're insulted by the very presence of um I forget I remember like the girl's name is love? Honey and yeah, the girl of the girl's name is honey and i forgot what george Siegel's character's name was for some reason but you know it's it's that idea of oh yeah we remember when we were like you once screw you that this is this yeah. this wanna, this hurts us to see you like this almost
2: we want to bring you down to our level cuz that's what aside from them kind of bickering back and forth throughout this movie they're also trying to they're
0: also trying to get this couple to their level Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, that kind of because you, you can tell you can tell that Burton and Taylor are not in the right right from the very beginning because they walk in the house and and she's you know, like, "What's that from? What's that from? What's that from?" The thing like we all uh, do, Betty Davis. Yeah, like, exactly. What a dump! What a dump! What's that from? Like, two minutes in, I was like, "Oh my god, I hate her already." This is just, <laughs> yeah. she's so good because he's just like, "Oh, I just want to go to bed." Oh no, they're coming over. What do you what do you know what time it is? What, you, what do you mean? Yeah. Like coming over? Like one a.m. Yeah, my favorite was when she was eating the chicken wing and then threw the bone back into the fridge. That <laughs> was what amazing. Fa-
1: was, what got me was the fact that she left the fridge door open the entire time she's eating it, and poor Richard Burton just like I just want to do my freaking crossword puzzle. Please, just give me give me one night away from you, because <laughs> you could just see that he's like the ultimate. I've always been intrigued, and it's, it was kind of interesting to watch George, uh, Richard Burton's character, just, like, finally, like, get a pair through the movie because he starts off just so browbeaten. beaten, yeah. And it just – he finally is, like – you know, there's that part midway through the movie where he knows, like – it's like the Chekhov's gun. It's like you see him have the idea, and so then by what in the play would be act three – it's like I know how I'm going to win for once and all
0: that's that's an interesting read on it because i i kind of took i kind of took it as he always kind of knew how to win, but he kind- he held it in it wasn't a it wasn't for a lack of it wasn't for a lack of knowing. It was for lack of trying. Like he just didn't want to, but he she finally pushed him to the point where he felt like he needed to.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I I, I did do a little bit of research. So I lied a little bit earlier. Uh, The the play is in three acts and you can kind of see where the I mean, Mm -hmm. you can kind of see the three acts because it's actually the places where like the location changes in the movie. You know, I remember you guys talking about fences and how you're like, it all takes place in the backyard. This is obviously a play on film. And this is a play on film, but they at least try to change up, like, where stuff happens so it's not all happening in the living room. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, right.
2: Because the play is just the living room.
1: Just the living room. And, and the outside. Like, there's, like, you know, they do, like, a little wing thing for the for the backyard. Okay. But act one is called Fun and Games. Act two, which is starts with the backyard, and basically it's the backyard through the, the restaurant scene in the movie, mm-hmm. is called which is like some witch dance ritual and then the third act which begins after uh, Martha and the young professor get out of bed and to the end of the movie and the third act is called The Exorcism Hmm. so I thought that was really interesting yeah it it really kind of if you know those what the acts are called it's just amazing just to actually watch it happen before your eyes going yep this is fun and games then we really get evil and then it's like let's purge everything at the end yeah.
2: so because the because of some of the dialogue between um El- elizabeth taylor elizabeth taylor and the young professor's characters they did
1: have sex together right he couldn't he couldn't get it up because he was so drunk okay
2: it's one of the well because of how fast the the barbs kind of fly you never know exactly like which barbs are real and which ones are just being said in spite so hmm.
1: uh, well i guess i well then i guess at your point it could be up to interpretation yeah. that's how i that's how i chose to interpret it was it they it, it didn't happen which led to their frust- the two of their frustration at the beginning of that part of the movie
2: yeah okay yeah that's good but i mean th- definitely, if people listening haven't seen this movie, one, for shame, and two, (laughs) listen to the rest of this episode and then go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. You have some fun facts, though? I do. So this is the first movie to be given the MPAA tag of no one under 18 will be admitted unless accompanied by his parent. Hmm. Oh. In the scene that takes place outside of the bar, George violently pushes Martha into the side of the car in his rage, Richard Burton axi- actually pushed Elizabeth Taylor too hard, and the sound of her head hitting the bonnet of the car can be heard. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. In July 18th of 1966, which is that today? Oh no, nope, two more days. Police seized this film and arrested the manager of a local Nashville cinema for contravanning. A municipal order that banned films as this for contents of an, of an obscene nature.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Um, f- oh, go ahead. Sorry, Palmer.
2: Um, Sandy Dennis was pregnant at the time of filming this movie, and she accident- she actually suffered a miscarriage on the set. Whoa. Oh, my God. <gasps> That's, awful. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. That's awful. I already said the thing about who's afraid of the big bad wolf. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf became the first motion picture in the Academy Awards in cinema history to be nominated for every Academy Award in which it was eligible, including Best Adapted Screenplay, Director, All Acting Categories, and Picture of the Year since uh, Chimera in
0: 1931. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's huge. Note that your... Um fun facts are you done with your fun facts because you're missing you're missing one this is mike nichols first direct this is directorial debut yes yes it is which is crazy followed up by your favorite movie palmer the graduate
1: <laughs> <laughs> i remember that episode yeah. i'm laughing palmer's yes. not palmer's not a big fan of that movie however i'm, I'm, I'm I with think, you palmer I'm, I'm i'm there with you actually it
2: almost made me hate sound of silence and I, that's almost an impossible task
0: I think uh he redeems himself thirty years later with the birdcage though, yeah. if that makes you feel yes. better. You know, and then almost ten years after that with closer, so you know. Oh, I love closer. I, know I you love do.
1: closer. I love closer. I yeah. was in closer, actually. Closer's a play? Yes.
0: Yeah. God, Mike Nichols just doing like he doing like his adaptive play thing. Well, I mean Birdcage is Lacage La of Yeah. 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 I, Wolf with Jack Nicholson isn't a play. Primary nope, Colors sh- <laughs> isn't a play. It was a novel. But, uh, well, well, I mean, what isn't? Um, Angels in America, <laughs> play. Yeah. Play, yeah. Charlie Wilson's War? No. No. M- book. N- book. Book. Yeah. Well. Oh, I
2: forgot that it has Charlie Wilson's War. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. That was a think, fun movie. I
0: always think Charlie Wilson's War is an Aaron Sorkin, and I don't know Why?
1: Because he wrote it, Aaron Sorkin wrote it. That's why it yeah. is isn't Aaron Sorkin. Yeah.
2: I'm so good at my job. I will say, like the dialogue in this movie and the writing in this movie, just
1: makes me think of Aaron Sorkin. It's very snappy. Of how fast it is. It's very snappy. Which, well, we, and I think the performances add. I mean, this you could imagine the script being butchered by yeah. actors of a lesser caliber. Oh, my God. If they don't keep the pace up, this could,
2: be, this could be such a drag. I will say the one downside to this, and we've notated it, you've notated it with Aaron Sorkin movies before, and that's at the, at the pace of the dialogue, because it's the entire movie like that, it tends to make the movie feel a little bit longer than what it is. Like, this movie is about two hours, and it feels longer. Yeah. It's um, not necessarily a bad
0: thing, but... It's just because you're getting a lot of information. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Want to move on, if you if you will, gentlemen, okay. to Alfie, directed by uh, Lewis Gilbert, written by Bill Naughton, based on the play by Bill Naughton. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, good job. Starring Michael Caine, Shelley Winters, Millicent Martin, and Vivian Merchant. This movie was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress for Vivian Merchant, Adapted Screenplay, and Original Song by Burt Bacharach. It received no awards.
1: Hmm. Bert Even though Backer? the song ended up becoming like a big jazz standard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I man, oh, Palmer probably has fun facts, so I'll leave my fun fact in case no, Palmer ahead. misses it. No, um, the 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 recording of Alfie that plays over the end credits. Uh, there was a different version of the song depending on where the movie was released. Yep. The the share version was only in America, and Millicent Martin, who plays the married woman at the beginning and the end of the movie, sings it in the UK release.
2: Hmm. And um, Dionne Warwick also sang it because they were initially going to have her sing it, and then they changed to share. And then I guess on the Billboard charts, the Deanna Warwick version.
0: Uh, Outperformed the share version. Well, well, you guys are a bunch of fun facts. Palmer, what's this movie about?
2: This movie is about Michael Caine being an utter slime ball for two hours, and they want me to care about him while he's constantly talking to the audience. I
1: think Palmer nailed it. I think that's, a, that's
0: actually a, it's really <laughs> accurate. I think that. Is I think this movie is very dated. Oh, yeah. In the way now, if you watch it, say as a period piece, yep. Then it then it still kind of works, right? Because you, but you're not on his side ever, ever, ever. No, and yeah. I don't know if we're even like in 1967. Am I supposed to be? Would I be? Yeah. Is that a thing? You know, so, like, that's where I was kind of – that's where I was – that's where I was getting confused because I'm like, is it because I'm we're so far removed from that style of thinking now right. that it doesn't work or is it – or is he still supposed to be despicable? I've never seen the Jude Law. I was going to say I – I, I was going to say,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I've – I actually never watched... I'm one of those people who like to watch the originals before the remakes. Yeah. So I've I've always waited to see the Jude Law version until I saw the Michael Caine version. So now I can.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's essentially like James Bond with no redeeming quality.
1: Because
2: James Bond just goes from woman to woman. Woman to woman. Yeah, he's, a, he's an ultimate womanizer. Yeah, but in this one, he... Like, James Bond, we can agree, is a womanizer. And while there is some misogynistic tones especially in the early films here he seems like he's treating the women more as objects and that's when the womanizing like goes a little too
0: far right because he's like oh you know you should never get on their side yeah and you know or paying any attention to them and that was my mistake i paid attention and you're like what
1: is is your problem
0: yeah what is your problem alfie and at the end he's like well i have a friend who's a dog now so it's fine you know, well, what also
1: gets me is that he I, – I didn't realize – I thought based on like – especially like the previews I saw of the Jude Law version that he really was just like some sort of rich playboy who just happened to be a womanizer. But yeah, then to watch this great. movie and realize, no, he's a bum. He's a con. He's a grifter yeah. who just also happens to – I mean he, he cons his way in life and that includes his sex life. Yeah, Like there is no part of his life that is not one giant griff.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I watched, I started watching this movie last night, and I watched it this morning when I woke up before I went to work. And most of this movie, aside, you know, his character aside, is still a, light, a lighter movie, and there's some comedy. I think there's supposed to be more comedy than I wanted to laugh at mm-hmm. because of the time frame, but it's, it's a comedy. It's a lighthearted comedy. I went to go get breakfast. Oh, sure. I was gone for six minutes and I got back as the doctor was coming into his apartment. Marcus Brody, sir. Brody sir. <laughs> yeah. When yes. Marcus Brody's coming into the apartment and I'm like, Oh, what's this about? And then they talk about having you know, that the married woman is trying to have an abortion because she got pregnant by him and I'm like, What the heck, movie? I was gone for five minutes and you completely shifted tone. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's and it was I I I felt sick at that like that part of the movie because yeah. it like I was like oh you know what was thinking going through my mind I was like, oh is this why I got nominated for, for best picture? Because like the whole movie I'm like, what makes this a best picture movie? Like, what makes this a nominee? And then that happened, and I went, I see it now. Okay. Like the movie decided to go there yeah. in nineteen sixty seven.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that, and I think part of the like fourth wall breaking, you know, let's it, it comment on life as we're going. I think that that could have laid into it as much. I don't think it was too much. I don't think it was any more or less than anything else that I've seen that breaks the fourth wall. Ah, he was just doing it too
2: much for my taste. Mm. And as far as and as far as that scene, you know. If you want to give me a movie that that's the crux of the problem, I'm, I'll am i be fine with it, you know, knowing it when I go in. But to kind of just lay that on you after an hour and a half of, like, lighthearted comedy, I it was just a complete tonal shift that I was like, this movie was probably, you know, I never liked the main character, but the movie had some redeeming qualities and this kind of just brought it down because... It was just a huge tonal shift, yeah
1: I, it, I think it's just like he 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 was a- abu- it's like his abuse of the women just got progressively almost exponentially worse as the yeah. movie went on to where first it's like um was it gilda who he he gets her pregnant, but at least she finds another man who's willing to marry her and raise the boy as his own, and then there's like Alice who he just like completely emotionally abuses. Mm-hmm. To the point where he has one, he literally has like one rendezvous with this woman, I felt like. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be implied that he would had multiple rendezvous with the wife of this guy that he stayed at a sanatorium with. And he gets her pregnant, and then we have, the, we have the abortion, which seems for like a quick minute to actually make him a human being. Like he actually felt something, and he felt bad about what he had helped bring about and then it's like and then he gets slapped down by shelly winters who i enjoyed seeing in this movie by the way because i was yeah. like oh diary of Anne frank okay yeah and uh but then getting her to then basically treat him the way that he's been treating women uh the whole movie but not quite as meanly as he's been treating women right i i, I understand you're talking about the tone it's just like there was just a jump there and i just i guess i wanted him to i wanted him to suffer more I yeah, guess is is my point because of the the heights it reached over the course of the movie.
2: So I, will, I want to pull you back to when you said like when he seems to when he seems to have a human moment, and he you know he seems generally sorry for what he's done during that abortion thing. she you know she she starts being in an intense pain because of this. And the doctor kind of said, "You know, that's going to happen later on," but she starts screaming out in such intense pain, and then he slaps her and is like, "Shh, my landlady's going to hear." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, like I I love you, Michael Caine, but why on earth?
0: Why on earth did you do this?" Well, actually, so that's actually a good. I mean, not for Michael for Michael's Michael Caine's point, not just Alfie's. Um. This this was Michael Caine's kind of really big breakout yeah. part. He had been um he had been on the stage scene a bit before this. Um, but this was this is really what kind of this is really what kind of pushed him out into the world because the only like truly big, big part that he had. Well, actually, that's not true so he- Harry Palmer came out in sixty five the uh the Ipcris file and he played Harry Palmer a bunch of times, yeah, but you would figure like that
2: he's filming this movie before that movie comes before out. before
0: that comes out right and and Zulu before that, which was a big which was a big film yeah. for him so but but this is the film that pushed him into the stratosphere of stardom, yeah. but he was nominated but he was he didn't win an Oscar for twenty years until twenty years after he was nominated for Althe. Yeah. He was nominated for Sleuth and something else. I can't remember what, but it what but then he won for Cider House Rules.
2: Oh, that was such a good movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I only have uh, one Okay, oh, go, go ahead.
2: ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're you you 1st I was gonna say I only have one fun fact about this movie. So if you have something before that, go ahead.
0: Um well because Tim mentioned Sleuth. Oh, I uh, I lied. I also lied. He won Best Supporting lie. Actor for Hannah and her, her Sisters. He also won for Side of House Rules, but he won for Hannah and Her Sisters first.
1: That movie was bad. I love that movie. You shut <laughs> your face. <laughs> Never seen it. Um, talking about Sleuth, you know, he plays a young character going up against Lawrence Olivier in that movie. Mm-hmm. We talked about the fact that Alfie was remade with Jude Law in the Michael Caine role. They yeah. did a remake, uh, directed by yeah. Harold Pinter, with Michael Caine and uh, Jude Law playing Michael Caine's role again.
2: That's
0: right. Yeah. I forgot. It was about funny because,
2: as you said, he was up against um, he was up against. What did you say Olivier mm-hmm. Lawrence Olivier? Lawrence yeah. Olivier. Like as soon as you said, I'm like, no, that was Jude
0: Law. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that yeah. they remade Sleuth with him.
1: I, I've only seen the remake, and I really like the remake.
0: I guess in the—I
2: don't know if they do this for the, for the remake, but I guess in the original movie, to hide the fact that it's only a two-person movie, they put in, like, fake names in the, in the billing. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. So, one fun fact. Several well-known actors, including Richard Harris, Lawrence Harvey, James Booth, and Anthony Newley, turned down the title role due to the then-taboo subject, Matter of Abortion. Despite having played Alfie um, on Broadway... Then taboo
0: subject? I think it's still taboo. Well, it, you, it was more taboo then. That's true, was, but I, I feel like I don't go to the movies very often and watch films about abortion. Yeah.
2: Terrence Stamp. Uh, despite having played Alfie on Broadway, Terrence Stamp category, categorically declined to reprise the role on film, thus giving his good friend and then roommate, Michael Caine, the breakthrough role of his career. Oh, that's good.
0: Ooh. That's good. Terrence Stamp as Alfie. That's something i like to before Alfie.
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Thank you. I well, wasn't going to make that joke. I was. Well, what
0: this movie's about, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. It's not that far off. It's not that far <laughs> off. Anyway, the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Oh, goody. Directed by Norman Jewison. Written by William Rose. Based on the book by Nathaniel Benchley. Starring Carl Reiner, Eva Marie Saint, Alan Arkin, and Jonathan Winters. Who wrote this movie? nathaniel benchley and you know who that is he peter benchley wrote the book jaws not
2: nathaniel benchley nathaniel is his father really yes really oh i
0: specifically had that down because of your love for jaws yay <laughs> i just did a beer with geeks episode about know, jaws that would by the time this episode has come out we'll have been out for like two months but yeah yay. <laughs> go back and listen to it yay go back and listen to it i love jaws <laughs> That's it's funny because I when I wrote when I was writing Nathaniel Benchley, I was like, I wonder if he's related to Peter Benchley. <laughs> I better not write Peter Benchley down because that's not who this is. Yay. Anyway, uh I said cast Carl Reiner, Ava Marie Saint, Alan Arkin, and Jonathan Winters. This movie was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Alan Arkin, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Editing. It won no awards. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Scott. Did you do what? Did you see what Alfie's about? No, Palmer did what Alfie's about. So, Scott, tell us what the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming is about.
1: Well, there's some Russians. There are coming to America. Coming Uh, coming to to America. America. So uh, a Russian submarine uh, uh, crash lands basically on a, a, I guess some sort of match, an island that's technically part of Massachusetts. It's a uh, sand dune. It is a fake island. It's a fake island, yeah. But it's
0: actually named after a real place. It's a fake island named after a real place uh, because Gloucester's a real town in Massachusetts. That's where the... Perfect storm people were from. That's right. And they filmed on Nantucket, which is also... Oh, a, did they film on Which Nantucket? is a real no, they island. Filmed on, they filmed on the West Coast. They also filmed on Nantucket. Oh. I checked. Because okay. there's a one scene, there was like a strip. I was like, that looks really familiar. And then I like, Google. I was like, yeah, that's definitely Nantucket. I've been there. You know, I've it, been where Alan Arkin's standing. I've been where Alan Arkin is standing. Like, I love Argo how... something yourself. We're a kid's <laughs> show. I, I love how, like,
2: because I'm assuming in my mind... This played out of like a random strip of a random strip of concrete with like one bush, and Tim's like, "I know that bush," and then he looked it up. It's in and it's, it's in it's Nantucket. It's in Nantucket because I feel the same way with the with the um, with the car chase scene in Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Oh yeah, they filmed a small part of it in on our hometown, Route 18 yeah, in right. down, downtown New Bedford. And whenever I watch that, I can I can like. I know that sign. That's the si- that's the part from New Bedford. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed a
0: bit um, near water bit too, in,
2: uh, uh, Bridgewater as well. Yes,
0: I knew that. Yeah, the plane crashing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh well. Anyway, here we are. Let's go back. Let's go back a couple of steps. Um, to so the, the Russians, Russians crash land on the, the island. Land. Yep. <laughs> they and hit a the sand I- dune. Yep.
1: And the, uh, and, the, and the Russians are trying to get their submarine because they realize they've crashed in America, and then the Americans freak out because they think the Soviet Union is finally invading America. Because remember, folks, we're in the Cold War, yes, and uh, American and Soviet tensions are high. And yes, this is supposed this is, to be a funny little spoof. Um, I didn't – I found myself practically laughing at like two parts of this movie and not much else, I'm going to be honest.
2: Was one of them when John Winters punched the other guy?
1: No, it was not. Aww. It was actually when he's That's giving the orders movie. to his children about what to do in case the oh, Russians come. Oh, that one, too. <laughs> and then he gets to the baby. <laughs> and he goes to the baby. goes, and you're two. <laughs> and that, that made me laugh.
2: <laughs> Those and the, other th-
1: one, the other one was Alan Arkin going through uh, Carl Reiner's wife's purse, trying to find the car keys. Oh, yeah. He's just uh, like – Because
2: the... <laughs> she's a woman. Yeah.
1: No, Palmer, I have a wife with a purse. I have done this more times than I care to admit. Yes, you just hand the purse to the woman and say, you find the keys. I laughed because I could relate.
0: I laughed a bunch at Carl Reiner on the bike, and when the kid from Leave It to Beaver – was it Leave It to Beaver? No, Andy Griffith. Um, the kid from his son is like, that's a girl's bike. You look stupid. And I was like, that was funny. The he kid did from it Grif- Grif- also Grif- the, Yeah, yeah his son is from Andy him. Griffith. No, the kid from Andy Griffiths is Ron Howard. I'm Look it up, I swear to you. It's oh, either Andy Griffith or... Or not Andy Griffith? Uh, what was the first thing <laughs> I said? What was the first one I said? Leave it to Beaver, which
2: it definitely was not.
0: No, then I think it's Andy Griffith. He's not the main kid. You're
2: not the main kid.
0: All right, oh. continue. All right, anyway... Um, so yeah, so it's been the island freaking out, whatever else. Scott, I tend to agree with you. I think there were some amusing bits to this film. Um, but I think we're very far past one, this not necessarily this style of comedy, but the content is not like it doesn't, it doesn't ring true anymore. Um, it could, you never know, like it could come back and we could find it funny, but it's, um, it's, it's, a it's, the jokes are a little too far and few between I think And I'm a big Carl Reiner fan I like Carl Reiner I love Jonathan Winters
1: And I know I, I, I was movie. I was hoping And Alan, Alan, Arkin. Alan Arkin I yeah. was really hoping for I was expecting big things from this movie Because you know like I love like Blake Edwards comedies of this time period mm-hmm. Like Peter Sellers You know that kind of comedy So I thought that I would be like the audience for this movie And I just wasn't And I was kind of let down by that
2: yeah, it th- this derives its comedy quote comedy from the situations that they're in and not from doing like slapstick things that that even like um uh Winters was known for. And y- you're talking about how you couldn't recognize Richard Attenborough. I didn't realize that was Alan Arkin until I saw the cast list.
1: Really? Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, his Russian accent was very good. That is because he is fluent in Russian. Oh, that would explain
1: that. Well, I I was thinking he's doing this way too, like, all the people speaking Russian, one, they didn't give us subtitles. So I was wondering if that was supposed to be part of the humor, is that we don't even know what they're saying. But they were all way too good at delivering that. That was like, these people actually have to be, like, Russian speakers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. Did you find the kid?
2: I did. He was in The Girl from U.N.C.L.E. Uh, yes, he, he was. He in, was
1: Arnold Bailey on Andy Griffith's show and yeah, Mayberry for, R.F.D. for nine episodes. Yes,
2: I told you he's the kid from Andy
0: Griffith. Ah, nine episodes on a show that long. He, at least I was right. <laughs> at least I was right. So y'all can stuff it. So hey,
1: don't don't say y'all. I that's right. I never called you out.
0: That's true. Palmer can stuff it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's so, a pepper and some rice. Now stuff it.
1: So
2: th- I mean. <laughs>
0: This movie could be good.
2: I, sure. I like. Yes. I like the framing of this movie, but I feel it just didn't go for the comedy enough. And I don't know if that was deliberate or if it's just if it's just the time span.
0: I disagree. I think this movie. I think this movie is good and well made. It's we're just. Decades removed from From that kind of comedy From that kind of comedy And the content to find it funny in the same way It's not timeless It's very specific to how people are feeling In 1966 Yeah, but if I'm
2: worried about Russia Dropping a nuclear bomb I'm not going to be looking at this movie like Ha ha, look Russians have actually landed
0: That's true, but we're There's a There's a I don't know how to describe it. So, like, when you can recognize the almost the zaniness in your fear when it's so unknown and so far removed. Like, so, for instance, so, like, I am afraid of Virginia Woolf, the open water. (laughs) Good job. That was good. I'm afraid of, like, the open water and everything like that. But. We're going to see, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have seen The, the Meg, Meg. Yep. which is nice. not going to be a good movie. Oh, it is. But you it's know, Jason be,
2: Statham and a giant shark.
0: But it's like, but that's my, so like, <laughs> it's, I can recognize the fear and go see something that's going to kind of make fun of that fear. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that it's, the Russians are yeah. coming, the Russians are coming.
2: I don't, I don't dislike this movie. This, this is just a, like, very average movie for me. Like, I, don't, I would I, don't like... I would agree with Paul yeah. on
1: that um even though I was I'll admit seeing the mayor of River city uh basically playing the same character Paul F- Paul Ford mm-hmm. uh, was kind of funny i I enjoyed his character when he popped up because I was like yep I just want him to mispronounce a few words
0: yeah yeah I yeah I would agree with both of you average movie where if you if you're like a a Carl Reiner completist or an yeah. Alan Arkin completist, watch it, but otherwise, you're not I, missing time. I feel Jonathan Winters
2: is underserved in this movie. He's so I good. agree.
0: He's so good as the uncle to the shadow in The Shadow <laughs> as the police commissioner. <laughs> that was my first, that was my first Jonathan Winters movie. Uh, I don't remember what my uh, daughter is. The shadow, I don't know. no. Uh, no, i never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, what's the one where he's talking about uh, Manolete, the great... Oh no, that's...
0: That's uh, Liev Schreiber in a completely different movie. Wow. Yeah. Jonathan Winters and Liev Schreiber. You've really merged some people <laughs> in your head there. Do you have any fun facts about this movie besides the ones uh, that you've said? I think I have two fun facts. You can always tell the quality
2: of a movie by the amount of fun facts I have. Hmm. The novel from which this film is based off, The Off-Islanders, is written by... Oh, I already said that one. Yeah. Nathaniel Benchley, the father. Uh, Ordinary townsfolk were used as extras in the film. They were so thrilled to be a part of production that the rushes were shown at the end of each day in a local theater. The townspeople went every night bringing the entire family just to watch
0: the rushes. That's hilarious. That's That's the most small town thing I've ever heard. I love that. Okay, moving on. Last film, A Man for All Seasons, directed by Fred Zinneman, written by Robert Bolt, based on the play by... Robert Bolt uh, cast is Paul Schofield Wendy Hiller, Robert Shaw, John Hurt Orson Welles Susanna York and Leo McKern it was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Robert Shaw Best Supporting Actress for Wendy Hiller and it won Best Picture, Best Actor for Paul Schofield Director, Adaptive Screenplay Best Cinematography in Color and Best Costumes in Color um Palmer, what's this movie about?
2: Thomas More and his refusal to
0: al- allow the king to have a divorce. That is correct. So, so Henry the Eighth wants a divorce, also very badly, because his wife's not giving him babies. Right. More, more importantly, uh, she's not giving him sons, and so he wants to. He wants to divorce his wife, and the church is like, nah, man. No good. So then he's like, Well, I'll just make my own church and call it uh, Church of the... Henry. What about Church of England? So, oh Church of England, that's good. Yeah, we'll It'll call be it exactly that.
2: Exactly like
0: Catholicism, except I'll be able to divorce and the Pope doesn't run things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, exactly. It, and then it, but it's really not. But um but it's close. Yeah. And uh and so Thomas More is the um Thomas is the chancellor at this point, point. he's like, I can't really allow you to do that because Orson Wells told me that we should but i'm kind of not on orson wells's level over here so i can't do that sorry right yeah right scott
1: Well, not much as allow is that I just won't say I'm cool with it. Because pretty much he doesn't need Thomas. That's the funny thing about this whole story, because this is a true story, is that it's not like anybody needed Thomas More's permission to do anything. It It, was more just they needed the PR of Thomas More signing off on it. and, And you get the sense that Henry just wants the validation of this man and friend that he really respects saying, yeah, I'm cool with it. And Thomas would just spend his entire time going, "No, man, this I'm not down with this at all."
0: Well, I think you said it. Tom. I mean, Henry just wants validation. Yeah. Period. Like every time he like says I, something, he turns around to his like yeah. flock and goes, I, "Ha ha ha ha!" Now you laugh. Yeah. You know. I mean,
2: Thomas More. Like they even asked Thomas More, like if Anne Boleyn has a a boy, has a boy, are you going to recognize that baby as the as the heir to the throne? And he says yes. Right. And can we all accept the delicious irony that Paul Schofield is playing a character who will not lie by signing his name to a piece of paper and not mean it and get sentenced to death, and he does the same thing to John Proctor in The Crucible?
1: Yes. Because i that's the first Paul Schofield movie I ever saw exactly. was The Crucible. Because I played that role, which is why I love Paul Schofield to a certain degree. He's like, <laughs> we have played the same role. We're bu- we're brothers now. Yes. Oh,
0: it's a proper lawyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him in that movie. <laughs> uh, He's so
1: good. But we're talking about this movie. Yeah. But, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll never talk about The Crucible.
1: It
2: wasn't nominated oh. for Best Picture? I don't think so. Um, no, it's not. You know what? I don't care. The year that it's out, I'm
0: watching that, and I'm inserting it into the movie. That, that movie came out in 94, so you're actually really close. Nice. I think it came out in 94. Anyway, um, not so, important. We're not So this movie
2: that is like two hours long. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the first half of this movie, I absolutely hated it. I felt it was boring. It was very dry. It looked nice. It looked pretty. I mean, I love Technicolor. That's That's mm-hmm. a known fact. But it just didn't do anything for me, and it just kind of lumbered on. I stopped watching it at about the hour mark because I went off to do something. I came back. And when I picked up, it was right around the time he got brought into the, um, the tower. From there okay. on, it becomes a good movie. I feel like it becomes an interesting movie, and I, I wish we had more of the trial, although I know that the, they take a lot of... Um, Eyewitness accounts from the trial and the execution. So I don't know how much more they could have given you, but I feel like that part of the movie is is good. It's it's pretty good, and it kind of saves the first half of the movie for me to make it just a like a tolerable movie. But that first hour for me was a slog.
1: Well, here's my thing: is that this was the second movie of these five that I'd actually seen before. Like mm-hmm. I, I I saw this years ago. Uh, it was one of those I go and rent old movies from the library kind of deal. Yeah, and i I remember I remember enjoying it when I saw it many, many, many moons ago, probably twenty something years ago. I have to admit that this viewing was completely colored by the fact that I have since seen the Tudors on sh- on Showtime. Okay, and they tell a lot more backstory and a lot more what happens after this, and I. I I'll admit it kind of brought down my appreciation of the way they told the story in this film because that TV series by the fact that it's a series and not a movie gave me so much more context okay. to what was what was going on like why like the idea about why is Henry so so desperate for validation like I understand that now you know you, you see a little bit more of the dark side of Thomas More and how he possibly did some things that were like they don't, you know. There, there's a little bit more gray going on in the story than than gets portrayed in this movie. Are you
2: talking about his first wife?
1: Uh, are, are you talking? Are you talking about Henry's first wife or Thomas More's? Thomas More's first wife. No, I was talking more about the fact that be, uh, that he, you know, he he was punishing when he got some power. He did a little punishing of Protestants. Okay, you know, there was a, there was some of that back and forth of when the cat when some Catholics were in power, they were punishing the Protestants. When the Protestants were in power, you know, it's the right. whole thing of whoever's in power is punishing, punishing the other, the other, side. other guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I watched this movie, and some of the performances just didn't hold up to me as much as I remember them and i completely blame the fact that i've seen a different version of the story told that was maybe more modern sensibilities and and with a little bit more histor- history to it yeah and so i've it diminished this movie in my eyes i still enjoyed it because i actually owned I, this is one of the ones i i own but I, to be honest if i want to see this story i'm going to go watch the Tudors, and i don't know what that says about me but that's just my opinion
0: you want sexy version that's, that's what it says about you <laughs>
1: Maybe
2: I'll
0: watch the Well, I, I didn't know what Emmanuel was, so, you know. Tudors is great. I
2: highly yeah. recommend the Tudors. I know it has Natalie Dormer. Yes, it and does. Yes, it does. Uh, it has Henry Cavill, too. I was going to say, it has Superman, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's how I saw So when he got cast as Superman, I was just like, oh, I know you.
2: I know you. Are
0: you going to keep your shirt on this movie? <laughs>
1: no. 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 No.
0: Now, I, I would agree with both of you for the most part. I think some films it, go feel like they're past their time. Mm -hmm. And this one feels like a movie of the sixties. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's shot in the sixties. It's acted in the sixties. It's all the way. The only, the only thing that I actually don't feel that way about is the performance of Paul Schofield. Yes. He's agreed. And Orson Welles actually, who was only in that one scene, but just in that one scene, I was like, my God, you're so good. Orson Welles. You were so good. You're he, he was one. He looked awful cuz he's only in his 50s in this movie. Yeah. He looked
1: off oh, terrible.
0: He looked yeah. terrible. And he was alive for another 20 years after, but um alive long enough to voice a character in Star uh, Transformers.
1: That is He was cool. he was Unicron. Yep, that's yep.
0: correct. But um this yeah, apart from I thought Paul Schofield was outstanding. I thought I actually thought John um um John Hurt John was Hurt. John Hurt was quite good too. I he was so young looking. I, Who did I he play Richard. R- Richard uh, Rich. Richard Rich. Okay. Um. And, but I thought even actually I re- I even enjoyed Robert Shaw's performance. At first I was like you're really putting on something, but then I re- I realized that he as Henry is putting on something. The Ritz. Yes. Yeah, he's putting on the Ritz. Not my joke, but. Um. So I so I really enjoyed I enjoyed some of the performances, but I it was it was missing something I think. And so by the time it like gets to the point where Thomas More stands up, he's like, "I am just going to say what well, I want to say since I am going to die anyway." I feel like I should have felt that more than I did at that moment. Okay. Like it didn't build. I don't think it. Built the tension well exactly
2: because yes. he, he gets imprisoned and goes through the trial so fast because I mean it 's basically a kangaroo court mm-hmm. um, good term yeah the one thing i didn 't get though was was i was I going crazy or did yes. he
0: pay the executioner you were going crazy,
2: like when he talks to the executioner he 's like you know don 't feel bad it 's only your job like he pulls something out of his pocket and he hands it to him. And he's, the he's kind of
1: ble- he's blessing him. He's telling him, "I forgive you. This is not. Don't let this be on
2: right. Y- but I, your I,
1: conscience, your soul.
2: I felt like he handed him something because I thought, you see, the executioner put something in his like breast pocket. Afterwards, I honestly didn't
0: notice. Yeah.
1: I didn't see that. No, sorry.
2: I will say I probably would have liked this movie more if I hadn't been told for years that this is like the greatest Superman story of all time. Who told you that? You even have it on your shelves. A
0: Man for All Seasons.
1: <laughs> okay. Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. I got you. Yeah. Well done. Well I done.
0: So. Well done. This is Kevin Smith's favorite movie.
2: It's one of his favorite movies. This is his favorite movie. Well, until he gets back to me, we don't know. So if you're listening, Kevin, read my tweet. Yeah, there you go. Very <laughs> good. That's months old I, at this point. I do know he'll be listening, though, because I just naturally assume.
0: Good. good. You could. <laughs>
2: your, your own hubris is. Truly something to behold. I'm just saying because Scott's on. Like, he'll he'll be looking, oh, Scott's on this one? I'll listen to it. I didn't say listen to the rest of them.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I bring the party with me. What can I say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, three fun facts. Or four, actually. Vanessa Redgrave refused to get paid for her cameo role as Anne Boleyn. <laughs> yep. Because she was on there for, like, five and a half seconds.
1: With no lines.
2: Yep. Orson Welles used an exact duplicate of Cardinal Walsley's official seal, as well as an authentic sheepskin parchment and quill pen. Well, that's cool. According to Orson Welles, he had Fred Zinnerman removed from the set and directed his scenes himself. However, in his autobiography, Zinnerman, while discussing the cast of and working with Welles, makes no mention of this. Well, Although I if I like was him, I don't think I'm I would have I wouldn't
0: mention it either.
2: And one of only four productions... To win both the best play, Tony and the best picture Oscar, can you name the other ones? Angels in America?: Best picture. Angels in America, huh? Oh, shoot TV miniseries. dang it. <laughs> I was West just Side thinking. Story. OK. Sound of music? Sound of music is one. West Side Story is not.: yes. Ah. Um, Think of it? a movie. It's a player musical. Play, Tony play Tony. Um think of think of a streetcar named Desire? No. Um actually I think one of them is a musical, but think of a movie that we've seen that has been remade several times, one into a much more famous version. Oh my god, we've watched so many movies. Think of like 30s. A Starborn? Born? No, we haven't gotten that one yet. I keep I telling oh. you that. <laughs> I just think I watched it earlier year. Oh, Pygmalion. Yep. Shoot, yeah, of course. My Fair
0: Lady. Yep. Okay. And then the other one is Amadeus. Oh. Amadeus, right. Do you know Mark Hamill played Mozart in Amadeus in the eighties on stage? Nice. Yes it did. Yeah. I think it was Mark Hamill and Ian McKellen, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty I, sure you, I'm pretty sure Ian McKellen played
1: Salieri. He did because that was actually when we did Salier, when we did *Amadeus* in college. Uh, Ian, McKellen, what, Ian McKellen was listed in one of the like the, in the script where they have like all the various famous casts. Oh, yeah, Ian McKellen was in there. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. *Amadeus*, *Amadeus*,
1: *Amadeus*, *Amadeus*. Amadeus.
0: Uh, anyway, so that was uh that was Academy Rewind. Uh, so we have some awards to give out. Yes. All right. The um, rewindies. Uh, the rewindies. I am going trademark. to <laughs> trademark. <laughs> uh, i will, I will ask Scott first, okay. then Palmer, then I'll give my own. Sound good, gentlemen? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Best actor. Scott. Richard Burton. Richard Burton for uh Virginia, Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah. Richard Burton. Richard Burton of Virginia Woolf. I'm going to give it to Paul Schofield and keep with the keep with the most. Though I don't know Richard Burton was so good though. <laughs> he was so good. <laughs> I was so close, but I Paul Schofield was really subtle in a way that I mean that that Virginia you didn't Woolf know there was a movie going on at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul, I'm going to stick with Paul Schofield. Best actress Scott.
1: Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth
0: Taylor, no question. Yep. Good supporting actor.
1: George Siegel.
0: Yep. George Siegel. I'm giving mine to Orson Welles because mm-hmm. I thought that was an excellent. I thought that was an excellent scene. And there are people who won Oscar supporting actor Oscars <laughs> for less screen time than what <laughs> he went on for. So I'm going with Orson Welles supporting actress
1: Sandy Dennis. Yeah, I,
2: she's really the only one that I can think of. Me too. I know she,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Sandy Dennis,
2: best cinematography.
1: Uh, Haskell we- Wexler
2: for which movie?
1: <laughs> that was for Who's Afraid of Virginia? Virginia Wolf. Wolf. Um, uh,
2: you know what? I'm going to say the Sand Pebbles. Mm. I I like the visual look of Sand
0: Pebbles.
1: I can I can I can understand that. Yeah,
0: I can understand that too. I'm also going to give it to Wexler for Virginia Wolf. I think his especially especially the angles that he was playing with mm-hmm. um and the con and the low key light contrast it was excellent. Oh, yeah, I feel
1: some of the times he like the, the times he went with a two shot or a close up, it made you feel like you were in that room, and it made me feel uncomfortable in a way that I was like, yes, I felt something. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, best music.
1: <sighs> I I think I am just going to go Sonny Rollins for Alfie because that's a, that's a soundtrack I would actually just pop in and listen to outside the movie.
0: Yeah, I can go, I can dig that one. Yeah, I also agree. I think I that was the music. The music to Alfie was my favorite bit of the movie. Yeah. And Michael Caine's droopy eyelids because he's Michael Caine, which is actually a genetic condition I found out. I I, nice. um, I read his uh, memoir, mm-hmm. um, Elephants in Hollywood, I think, Elephant in Hollywood. And he got ca- one of the reasons he got cast for things is because his eyelids looked good on screen. And it's like some genetic thing where they're always like kind of puffed up and droopy. And it's not anything. It's just he's always like that. Um, best writing, adapted or original, doesn't matter,
1: because they're all adapted. Um, Bam, got it. Ernest, Ernest Lehman from the play by Edward Albee. Tim, yes, <laughs> I'm giving it to Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf.
0: Yeah, me as well, and I as well. And then production design,
1: uh, Richard Slybert and George James Hopkins for Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf.
0: Yep. And the same that house was magnificent. Every Oh, that was. There was so much detail like every <laughs> single little piece. was so well thought out. They even, had, so a, well they even out. had a copy of To The Lighthouse. Yes, they did.
2: No, did they? No, they did. Oh, there I wasn't right next to one of the bottles on a bookshelf. That's fantastic.
0: Love that. All right, so let's open the envelope and the best picture goes to everybody together. Who's, Who's afraid, afraid of
1: Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Woolf? Yes, very no. good. Okay.
2: <laughs> I right now I just started putting the movies that we've been watching this season into Letterbox mm-hmm. under Academy Rewind to to keep track them of them as we go, and it's right now it's the first five star that I've
0: that I've oh listed. H-
1: mm. online high five because I may, I put it five stars on Letterbox too
0: yeah yep I haven't uh, done a Letterbox for Academy Rewind movies because I'm lazy, lazy and yeah. I have stuff to do so um, but. I want to if that makes hit <laughs> that if that makes a difference, so ah, uh, yeah, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? I think it's a timeless film in which a way that these other films really aren't uh, uh, yeah i think I think there are elements of other ones that that work in a lot of ways, but but who's afraid of Virginia Wolf is you can watch that at any time at any almost at anything going on and 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 get it
1: absolutely. I mean, I've been watching it for the last 20... I mean, me personally, I've been watching it for the last 20 years. And I've never... I still feel things when I watch this movie. And it still... Even though I know how it's going to end, I'm still in suspense a different... I mean, that's something for me. is When when a movie can keep you in suspense, when you know what the ending is, Yeah, that says a lot about the the writing, the acting, all, all the categories.
2: All right. So here's a question for everybody. It would probably be an affront to to cinephiles everywhere, but with the rash of remakes that goes around Hollywood, someone decides to remake this movie. Who do you have the cast? I at least have Liam Neeson as George. And maybe Anne Hathaway as the younger wife. George Paul Giamatti.
0: Mm, I do like him, mm-hmm. but I, I can just see Liam Neeson. I could see Liam Neeson doing a lot of things. This is a great question. Um, Paul mm. Giamatti and um, oh
2: my god! You don't get to say Meryl Streep. That'll be the one caveat I put on this.
1: I was I was, good. I was intentionally avoiding her. Good. I was. So... I was
0: also yeah avoiding. I don't know if she's a, a little bit older to play this part now, but Sally Field. Oh okay.
1: Okay. Um. Mm. Ooh. I don't know how maybe, old Sally Field is now. Maybe
0: Julia Roberts. Mm. No, not feeling. You don't that. think she has the chops to do it? I don't really like Julia Roberts. Oh yeah, that's so... right. I forget. You hate people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like
2: Julia Roberts. Notting Hill is so... watch Notting Hill, and if you still dislike Julia Roberts,
0: you're a vampire. That's a weird creature to choose, but okay. <laughs> it's not the worst thing I could That's because be. Because we're in the middle of the vampire episode of Smallville. Yes, we are. Um I, Scott help what do you think?
1: Oh, I'm trying to find an actor um Oh, I don't know. I just I feel embarrassed by this now. Like but we're th- we because we're trying to figure out someone to play Martha.
2: Yeah, we can we can go the same route where like uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth Taylor was only thirty-three. We could throw in um,
0: someone like Natalie Portman, Kate Blanchett. Oh, okay. Ooh, Kate Blanchett and Paul Giamatti. What a combo! That <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't work, but it's gonna. Ooh, Robin Wright would also be good. Oh, Ooh, I do love yes, Robin Wright.
1: yeah, yes.
2: So I'll go with Liam Neeson, Robin Wright. Anne Hathaway.
1: Hathaway and who plays the biology professor? Um,
0: oh, um Domino Gleason. You just want to put Domino Gleason into everything. He's so good. He is. He's so good. <laughs> Domino Gleason and then
1: Um I mean that's it because that's all four. Yeah, I like is Anne
0: it, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway? Yeah, I could see that. I'll
1: put, I'll put Anne Hathaway in anything. Yeah. That's just... That's me.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
2: Um, and I I think you have Sorkin do it.
0: You have Sorkin Adapt. You have
2: adapt Sorkin to... Adapt it. And I mean, I wouldn't... I liked Molly's game, so I wouldn't mind having him direct it as well. Mm, because you can't... Mm, like, Mike Nichols is no longer with us, so...
0: Yeah, no, he had to go home. He did. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. I have to think. I'd Spielberg, have to, Danny Boyle. I want to see Danny yes. Boyle direct yes. this. Yep. really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Danny I'm Boyle. I'm always on
2: the fence about Danny Boyle. I like some of his stuff, and I loathe
0: other stuff. I think based on Steve Jobs, he would be. This would be very good for him. Mm, I didn't. I didn't like Steve Jobs, but that wasn't
2: his fault. Why didn't you like Steve Jobs? I don't know. I think it was a different movie than I wanted. Oh. Sure. And while it was Sorkin, it wasn't it wasn't enough of a Sorkin hit to to, you know,
0: kind of check off the boxes I want from his from one of his scripts. Interesting. Interesting. That was a good exercise. I thought so. I liked I liked this game that we just played next week we'll act out our favorite scene we're not going to do that Aww. we're not going to do that also because it's... I, I'll,
1: it... I'll do it I'll do it Palmer just just call me tim yeah, w- you're w- fired
0: no I have all the equipment you can't fire me you can be you can watch a thing out there while I come in and record no I'm not letting <laughs> you into my home to do things after you fired me that's weird so that's nineteen sixty seven look forward to our nineteen 1950- fifty 1957 episode. That would be the next. Around the World in 80 Days. Yay. Friendly Persuasion. Giant. The King and I. And The Ten Commandments. Yay. Three hour movies. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) One's a musical.
2: One is a musical that I've never seen. And I don't know (gasps) if I know any music from it.
0: Shall we dance? One, two, three, and one, two, three. Shall we dance? Okay. Da-da-da-da. I definitely don't know any. Songs okay, from the Yay, Palmer's gonna learn new things. It's Yul Brenner, you'll love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: we got two Yule Brenner movies?
0: Yes. Around the world in eighty days? Oh no, Ten Commandments. He's wow. he's Ramsey's isn't yeah, he's, you he's, know what? yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm done with this episode. <laughs> Take us out. Woo. <laughs> I'm tired. Anyway, so Academy Rewind can be found on Twitter and Gmail. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us in all of the places that podcasts can be found. You can also go to ThoughtBubbleAudio.com and check out all of our other Thought Bubble Audio shows. You can also listen to Scott right now as he plugs his own stuff.
1: You can find me personally on Twitter at ScottDC27. You can find my podcast, The Suicide Squadcast, at Suicide Squadcast on Twitter and SuicideSquadcast.com on the Internet. Once again, Everywhere. If you're listening to this show, you can find my show.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, of course, as I said before, you can follow Palmer on at Academy round it's Twitter. You can follow myself at TimothyPG13. That is it from all of us, which is good because I think they're playing us off. No, I have I so many more people for that.
1: Ah, yeah, you both do Bye. Bye.